and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and swearing. Of course, you are tuning in to check out my latest family vinyl haul. So get ready for the biggest vinyl check that we've ever had. Of course, I am Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical, and I am joined by my good friend, Keefe Chakas, who today is just a normal human being with his own maladies, so he gets his real name. How are we doing today? In death, we have a name. His name is Robert Paulson. Okay, well, as we all know, if you're joining us this week just for the vinyl-focused episode, thank you very much. Give us a like just because you're here, and then give us an 18 to 18 to 24 month trial run on subscription. But here's how we do this. We beer check, we vinyl check, which is being held. We news check. However, this is a special edition chaser. So there's no news. You'll get a story of the day, which is my story. And then we shirt check and then we get to the meat of the episode. I am going to rock my beer check. Another Tasmanian IPA by Schlafly, which is uh, brewed in St. Louis by St. Louis Brewing. And, oh, look at that. I am on brand with the Schlafly pine glass, the Schlafly beer going into the Schlafly. That is the finger fudge pour down the middle. Not sexy, but it gets the job done. What you got for us today? How'd it look? What do you think it looked like? Stuff going into other stuff. Uh, I am running out the string on these Deftones beers. Uh I really need to just go buy some beers. I was doing some beer reconnaissance this week, so I'm looking at new beers that I've never had before to try to get in the future for the podcast. Also, I, uh, oh, go ahead. <clears throat> I was just going to say that new beers is, uh, although I've got a new beer for later, whoop, whoop, and uh, for the podcast anyway, but new beers is getting harder and harder. It's just my, we're not, I'm not seeing many more new beers. So I've really, I get falling into ruts because it's, you know, I know this one is delicious. Maybe that other one's not. Mm. Uh, Voodoo Ranger did give us a like on my uh, check of them. No, very nice. So we deserve I, it. I don't know if they understood why I checked them in the podcast, but um, <laughs> oh, I, I used to be Twitter friends with their outside guy here in uh, Missouri. I didn't realize who he was. We were at a concert. He's like, what do you think about uh, uh, Rain? This is before Voodoo Ranger. He's like, you know, Belgium. I'm like, you know, oh, Ranger, it's okay. It's a bar beer. He's like, what's that mean? I'll buy it at the bar. I'm not buying it for home. He's like, well, I'll take that. I work for New Belgium. Oh, okay. Well, you got the uh, honest opinion there, sir. You're bad. Uh, anyway, so once again, another Belching Beaver Deftones beer. This is the Phantom Bride. I've had many of these. So we'll do the pop, we'll do the finger fudge. I, th I think we're allowed to say finger fudge. I think we can get away with finger fudge. I don't think that's too obvious. Finger fudge is just, it's just, you know, you put your fingers in the fudge. It's fine. Exactly. And we'll do a quick cheers while my beer settles. Cheers. YouTube happy hour. five o'clock somewhere i actually have that sign on uh, I, i've got a sign on my beer fridge that says it's five o'clock somewhere which came from my late father and my late step excuse me lost a lot of people in the last couple of years uh, my late stepfather's tiki bar so i've got that and then i've also got a couple other things up there i've got a minnesota uh trivet and an iowa something or other that he was an on over the road estimator for a number of years, but uh, uh, shirt check. I am rocking my pitter patter letter Kenny t shirt. Love letter Kenny. Hope everybody's watched the uh, 868th season. I don't remember what number we're on. Kid asked me today, Dad, why do you want to be Canadian so bad? Uh, lots of reasons. I mean, beer, hockey, and niceness. That's three good reasons. Rail system, trains everywhere. It doesn't get to 125 in the summer with uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, sure, that winter in Manitoba is it's something, but yeah, it's worth it for me. Interestingly enough, all the Canadians I have met do not like Canada as much as Americans like Canada. Just well, it's the same thing like there. Japan. Americans love Japan more than the Japanese love Japan. They love America. 
Interesting. Um, my shirt check, so I don't skip myself, is my punk rock MBA technical, brutal technical death metal on the front, and then the back says technical brutal death metal. So last night we're at the fish fry and uh, the kids are like, give us a topic. And I'm like, what do you mean? Just a topic that I'll win. Okay. Um, technical brutal death metal. And my child's friend's mom just looks over and says, new topic. I'm like, I don't know that these kids know Black Dahlia murder that well. But okay. Let's discuss, uh, let's discuss what is the best album by At The Gates. <laughs> carcass lyrics in a nutshell go ah uh, you know which carcass lyrics are better when they were just reciting the autopsy or when they went metaphorical about the autopsy so yeah you tell me uh yeah i don't know what the topics were about but uh they definitely were not okay which was better carcass with bill steer or napalm death with bill steer what are what are we thinking kids uh, you know, george corpse grinder you know whatever man but uh, real quick story of the day that's not a very good story, so I'm going to keep it short. But, uh, one of the great things about being a parent is my child is now in Divinal. And it took a long time for her to really want to do that. And, you know, the, well, the joke I made at work recently was that Vinyl isn't just for disillusioned Gen Xers like myself who missed it. Because, you know, I'm not OG Vinyl. Everybody knows that, I hope. Just, I'm not. I came back to it. I came back to it. When I was growing up, those big black things were, you know, that was old people stuff. That was broken stuff. It was too hard. It was too fragile. Well, obviously, I've, I've come back to it in, in my later years. And I asked her recently, you know, are kids your age getting into records, getting into, you know, having vinyl records? And she's like, yeah, they are. I'm not the only one. And I know a couple of her other friends that have turntables. And it just, you know, when people say that this current vinyl resurgence is a fad, it's clearly not because the Gen Xers have given it to their kids. The geriatric millennials have given it to their kids. So the next generation is doing this as well. And record stores are popping back up. Here, you know, we, we decided during all of our uh, errands because we had to uh, finish up Aldi because the Aldi we went to didn't have everything. We had to go to Trader Joe's. We had to go to World Market for these things we couldn't find. We had to go to Target for cat food and all that stuff, right? So I'm like, what record store do you want to go to? We're only going to one because if we went to multiple ones, we'd spend way too much money this weekend. So we chose Planet Score Records. I bought, uh, I bought a record and she bought, and I'll check mine down the road. But she picked up for herself on my dime, I should add. She picked up uh, Jimi Hendrix, Are You Experienced? It was a repress, so, but she doesn't know any better. Too bad she didn't know you just sold me that, like, uh, about four No, 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 that was, uh, that was Electric Lady, Lady, Lady Lee. Lee. Yes. Yeah, okay. No, I think Are You Experienced is probably his best studio album. I agree. His best proper studio. I love... There's a lot of great songs on Electric Ladyland, but there's a lot of, they were all really high in the studio on that album as well. 19, like the, the, the 12 minute tunes, I don't need any of them. But that's just me. But uh, anything you want to get off your chest this week before we get going that, you know, we can think about for the, the, the weeks that it takes for this one to blow? I will just say to add to your point, I think, you know, uh, I remember back late, uh, early, the first episode of January, we were discussing the vinyl numbers of worldwide sales for 2022. Um, you know, like I said, Tay Swifty there with her 80,000 vinyl sales in one week. Adele has sold probably about 115,000 of that 250,000 double vinyl she made as I predicted. Um, I think we're about one big pop or rock star, like a uh, boy band, BTS. It would be interesting to look at their numbers. Um, not a fan of like 21 Pilots or whatever, but like 21 Pilots. 
uh, or the weekend if like a major pop rap star releases a brand new album. I bet that's going to be the tipping point. It's so. interesting to me that the the modern hip hoppers don't do vinyl to speak of. I think they, the speed of them, their music is so fast and it's really a singles market anyway mm. that by the time they get to an album, everybody's got it already. So where's the collectability factor? But um, I think if you get that one smart, like Travis Scott just put out a new album and I don't know if he pressed a lot of vinyl, but um, it'd be interesting to see. It, if, we're uh, we're in a very interesting point in terms of media and music consumption. The in my limited view, it seems like the scales are tipping back towards physical media, both as a souvenir, both as a and both and as a medium to actually listen. It there. We're no longer seeing what we saw in the 90s where it was the vanity pressings like Metallica pressed Injustice for All in 1988. Excuse me. And they went over the top on it by pressing it on two albums, even though they could have squeezed it on one, knowing full well, even though most people don't buy this for the ones that do, we want this to be good. Or the vanity pressings of Motley Crue self-titled, which I still cannot afford and probably will never have. Friggin' South Korea's got it, but can't get it over here. And it, it's interesting because there are now a lot of pressings for each major artist. It may not be 40% or 50%, but enough that you can get it unless it's KISS. Because KISS fans are just stupid with this they keep thinking it's retirement vinyl when it's not retirement vinyl you don't need four copies of this sealed to sell me later but that's besides the point we are probably forgetting the 800 pound gorilla on the podcast that we always talk about every single week we have neglected to mention metallica i've i've, I've mentioned them uh, today and yeah. um you know 72 seasons is as we record this which this will air probably either before or after that so let's say seventy-two <laughs> seasons is seventy-two seasons is imminent. <laughs> this will air before or after, but <laughs> just not I'm on very, the day I'm it comes feel, out. I'm, this is a, that is a microcosm of how I feel today. So sorry. <laughs> oh, but it, this actually that's it's a Friday. We drop on Friday, so this even could come out. The, so this this episode will come out before, after, or day of seventy-two seasons. Well, yeah, ho I'm hoping we re we'll do a review of seventy-two seasons. As a, oh my as god a whole, yes as a whole episode the week it comes oh yeah out. oh yeah, if yeah, we yeah. get it early it'll be amazing i'm definitely going to the uh theater thing but i was going to say so metallica if you had a guess how many vinyls do you think metallica is pressing of their first vinyl in the vinyl comeback era or a second uh, depending on when you count that era uh, what, what are you talking about? Seventy-two seasons, I, then? I, I, I don't think Hardwired had a vinyl the day it came out, did it? It did. I did. Uh, I got did. it. Okay. Do you think they pressed a lot of them or a small amount to see? They had Metallica themselves had like three versions going just for Hardwired. I, I bought the standard edition, which they didn't even list as limited edition, and I got it day of. But for seventy-two seasons. I'm going to say they're probably pressing 100,000. We, we're both drinking at the same time. Dad uh, what do you think? So if they pressed 100,000, let's forecast. If they pressed 100,000, 50,000 are going to go day one. How many are pre-orders? 50. And then walk-ups the day of? Another 10, 15 probably? Yeah, probably. You know Walmart's going to have it? Well, Walmart will have a Walmart pressing. Oh, Maybe. I'm sorry. Not yeah. the first day. Not You're probably day. right. Yeah, Walmart will have it. Target will have it. Best Buy will have it. I mean, these three stores have all kicked CDs to the curb. Best Buy sells records? I am not aware. They do. They're not, they have a terrible, terrible, terrible selection. I mean, they got like 50. This is, this is pretty sad. I have within eyesight of my window here. I have a Best Buy and an Office Max that are both closed. That mm -hmm. closed in the last calendar because San Francisco's 
I, I used to live in an apartment where when I looked at my, my, my little peephole, I could see the Best Buy. It was the Best Buy in our local grocery store, Schnucks. It was great. But uh, yeah, we are in we are in a new vinyl renaissance. I am thrilled for it. I am happy for it. Hopefully, uh, Legacy Bait. Well, Kiss has been pretty smart about it because they're releasing a lot of stuff on vinyl that are not that, and they're releasing the you know the limited edition color version just directly from their site. Then the black is everywhere else. There is a Dress to Kill pressing that came out recently. That is now going for a thousand dollars because Kiss fans will pay a thousand dollars for an for a record they will never open that they already have forty eight other copies of. Kiss is going to retire at the end of this year, retire from touring, and then next year is their fiftieth anniversary of the first album. So, like, I have a gut feeling. <laughs> actually, spun that before. Actually, spun my my OG pressing of that before we before we hit that record today. Yeah, we're going to get like a 50th anniversary Everything Kiss next year. Next year. That's how they're going to follow up No More Touring. They're going to go hard. Do they really need to, though? My God, if you were them and you had worked for 50 years on this, wouldn't you just be ready to be like, you know what? I I just want to go to the beach. I don't know. I don't know, man. (sighs) I think Gene wants to go to the beach and Paul is going to keep working. But uh, all right. We now covered Kiss and Metallica. Should we do anything on Pink Floyd and just go just go forward? I think we're good. I don't want I don't want to talk about Floyd right now, so. That's fair. All righty. So, here's how this happened. You know, I alluded to earlier, you know, my family, my family is aging and my father-in-law died at 76. My mother, my mother died in her early 70s. My stepfather, I mean, we, we've had a lot of losses during this this era in our lives. And I have been lucky enough to, we'll call it inherit uh, a lot as many records from the collections as I wanted. And my, my Auntie Babs, whom I love dearly, her her husband died. He'd been sick for a, a, almost as long as my mother had been sick. He he died um, about six months ago, and she had been saying for a while, you know, I really want Nick to come over and pick through these records and take home whatever he wants. And you know, being a vinyl guy for now, it's going to change soon. It's a lot like being vegan or CrossFit. You find out in 30 seconds of meeting that person if they're, you know, it's like, what record you buy this week? None. I don't like you kind of thing, you know. So, oh, you eat meat? I hate you kind of, you know. Anyway, uh, also, if you have an electric car like myself, I drive an electric car. So got to get that stuff out. So everybody knows. And, you know, she had told me, you know, she doesn't always know what records I'm posting on Facebook because we're, we're Facebook friends. But she sees how excited I am about each new record that I acquire. And she wanted to pass along that. As when when this episode was teased on our Baroness uh, Blue Record episode, I checked Pink Floyd's Delicate Sound of Thunder. And I was very excited about I was very excited about that album. And when this is the third or fourth time somebody has told me. Nick, you can come over and look at so-and-so's record collection and take whatever you want. Uh, Well, the first time I took a bunch of stuff kind of like as a kindness because I drove 45 miles south to get there, so I might as well take something. I don't even know if I ever really listened to them. Uh, When my father-in-law, when we found his records, we have them all. There's about 80 that we kept. There's actually some back here. And then some in a special section for his. And then I'm going to get another Calyx to go next to this one to put the rest of his records. With this one, you know, we we're as we we're driving up, we we're like trying to figure out how old he was, how old he was during when certain landmarks happened. Oh my God, will there be an original pressing of Piper at the Gates of Dawn? Will we get Kiss Alive from 1975 on the blue label? You know, you just never know. We didn't get any of those. We did get some cool stuff though. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to go ahead and hit it. Uh, just say caca when you want to talk about a record you see. Taking a sip. 
Record one. Roy Orbison's greatest hits. You're going to cry. This kind of love. Sweet, easy to love. Rock house. You're my baby. Ooby Dooby. Fool's Hall of Fame. Domino. The cause of it all. A true love goodbye. Huh. Always a good idea to fully cover your face when reading the back of the album on a podcast that ends up on YouTube, by the way. Wait, were you being sarcastic? Because I was trying to be the between the microphone. Yeah, there's also a glare. So I think it doesn't like oh. hold it, hold it up to show the cover. And okay. then I think and then I think off to the side and read it this way. So the visual people follow. Oh, because oh, you know what? All the blankets that I put down get ruined because it's gonna bounce. Oh okay. eventually we'll get you a little light filter thing that you're missing in your setup, but right now is not the time. Yeah, we're getting there. I got a nice microphone though. So next record. Uh Roy Orbison, early Orbison, the great pretender, cry, can't stop loving you, say it's my fault, blah, 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 blah. Pretty one. What the hell, man? Notice anything missing on these two Roy Orbison records? Oh, most of his actual hits and uh what? pretty woman. I mean, that's what? the one uh, anybody cares what? about. What crying? Uh, why is his face on that second record look like the sketch drawing of Heisenberg from Breaking Bad? Uh, he's a baby. This is early Orbison. Oh, okay. Sorry, my eyes are failing me. Go ahead. No, that's totally fine. Okay, next, we're going to drop some new wave action. Spandau Ballet Parade. Very cool cover. Looks like, uh, well... Frankly, I'd say it looks a little bit like North Korea if North Korea were New Wave. You know, I'm not a big fan of Spandau Ballet. I don't really know them. But if you look closely, can you see that? This is a promo copy of the record. So, yeah, um, it's true on there. That's the only song I care about by them that anyone probably cares about. No, it is not. Oh, well, that's their biggest hit. So, well, you know what? I like New Wave sometimes. I, so. I do too. I mean, New Wave is probably one of the genres hugely influencing a lot of music today, including rock and metal. So, very interesting. All right. Next, we're going to drop some Willie. Stardust. I'm sorry. Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Uh, do, 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 do. Nothing significant on this one. Uh, it does have Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, which I have a lot of questions. Next is Stardust. I apologize. This one, uh, it's got Willie in a pretty ridiculous hat in the back there. It's got Georgia on my mind, Unchained Melody, and in a whole other side, and another two, three quarters of a side of music, too. What's what's on what's the year on that? Is that 76? I think that's the record that he made that was called the sellout record. No, and, it looks uh, like a sellout record. Oh, um, seventy-eight. Yeah, so oh, it's his, it's all covers and stuff. I yeah, mean. that's his mid-era when he he dipped his foot into. He started to get like pop culture cachet. Right, right. Not just now. Here's where it gets interesting. And anybody watching this on YouTube, I'm about to haunt your nightmares. This is Willie Nelson, Columbus Stockade Blues, and other country favorites. I didn't know, like many others, Willie Nelson was a Nashville hack. What the hell is that? It's not Willie Nelson. It's like a bad photo of Johnny Cash, actually. It's Willie Nelson. It is straight up Willie. Look, okay, again. All right. It doesn't look like him. When you make the, the slide, you put that photo. Yeah, this has got uh, Seasons of My Heart. I don't know any a song called Frowline. I don't know any of this, but I thought you know what Willie Nelson, no beard and brown hair. Okay, whatever. I want to hear that. And everybody's favorite fake band. Who is it? Uh, Motley Crue. Oh. The Monkees. Uh, apparently, my wife wants to get any greatest hits record of the Monkees we can get. Nice gatefold, good shape. You know, a lot. These are all in really good shape, by the by. All right, now 
Who's your favorite country music outlaw? Waylon or Johnny or Willie. Well, whoop, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. What's Destination Victoria Station, 12 Railroad Classics. Most of these Johnny Cash records I'm about to pop out are compilations. One of the things about Johnny Cash that I think a lot of people don't really realize, and I love Johnny Cash. I love him unnaturally. Frankly, he doesn't have a lot of great records. It's true. I'm sorry. Name a Johnny Cash. Okay, if you're listening to this and you're angry, hit me in the comments with your favorite Johnny Cash studio record that's not American Recordings. Or not, or not a live album from the 60s or 70s. Correct. Yeah, studio None of the prison albums. albums. A studio album, yeah. Um, The two that come to mind, the, the first couple of Johnny Cash solo records. Now there's a song, Johnny Cash and his hot and blue guitar. And then the record when he came back from Israel before he did Folsom. So mm. there's a record in there with right. a lot of the religious songs that I don't love religious songs, but I love the delivery of him and uh, June. I have uh, I have a Johnny Cash religious record up here that I got at Goodwill. And it was an amazing shape. It's it's not my favorite Johnny Cash record. He doesn't sing it. He sings a little bit about murder. Which seems surprising for loving Jesus, a Jesus record, but he's Johnny Cash. He does what he wants, right? So moving on to the next Johnny Cash compilation. Story songs of trains and rivers. Again, another... This, the, the interesting, interesting thing about this one is it is a Sun Records compilation. So his first couple of records were on Sun Records, and then they sold him to Columbia. For I think it was Columbia. They sold him because they would never be able to do him justice. Same thing with Elvis. Let's say they sold his contract because they sold him has a very bad, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. They sold his I, contract. Okay. Uh, I apologize. They sold his contract to a major record label with worldwide distribution yeah. for a pretty penny, I am certain. He, Elvis had the same treatment. It'd be pretty funny in this day and age if the record industry, was, just here's a sidebar for a second. If the record industry was the same today as it was 60, 70 years ago, It'd be pretty funny if, like, Ed Sheeran had a song about, like, every one of his songs is about a girl. And uh, he then then the record label decided, like, no more new records from you. We're going to have all Ed Sheeran sings songs about women. Ed Ooh. Sheeran's Heartbreak album. Ed Sheeran's Love Songs for Valentine's Day. Because that's what they were doing with Johnny. Uh, you know, far from Folsom Prison, all the live long day train song. Oh yeah, well he, he hear my never coming, and then but then the the label was like, let's keep putting out train records. That never stopped. If you look at the American Recordings albums, which are considered to be his best work, and they are, they are his best studio work. If you look at those, half of those records are him redoing songs he wrote in the '60s, and half of them are covers. My favorite song that he did on that series is I Hung My Head, which is a cover of a Sting song. Yeah, I don't want to say they're his best records. I think they're his best sounding records. And I just think there's a I don't want to do this torture porn thing where because he was like 80 or 90 and he had like, you know, we know the like. So there's the two uh -oh. Johnny Cashes, right? There's the Johnny Cash. There's the Johnny Cash. That's the Johnny Cash we all know from the movie. And then there's the real Johnny Cash. So like, mm -hmm. I love the American recordings and I, I really am thankful that he had a big resurgence and I love uh, Rusty Cage cover and things like that. Ain't no grave going to hold me down, but like I'm hesitant to say there is absolute best work. I'm talking about the ones he did during his lifetime. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. I am too. I'm hesitant okay. to call that his best work, but we can debate that for another time. Uh, well, I, I'm going to say this and move on. A lot of what makes it his best work is he took his best works and put them in with a lot of other artists' best works and only sang them. So it, it, is it, it's not fair to compare them to what, uh, what he did before. But the thing about Johnny Cash is he gets a lot of undue praise for being a songwriter, where most of his records, he didn't write them. He didn't write most of his records. Anyway, moving on. Johnny Cash, one piece at a time. This is the, I'm sorry, Johnny Cash and the Tennessee Three, one piece at a time. This is the only 
Johnny Cash studio record that came out of this. It's got, of course, one piece at a time, and it'll never cost you a dime. It does have a, a song about a railroad. I mean, you know what? He, he, he had a brand. He had a brand. Uh, moving on, the Johnny Cash children's album. I don't know why the hell I grabbed this, but you know what? It's Johnny Cash. He's going to sing it. I might only listen to it five times. Next comes the only Johnny Cash concept record I'm aware of. The Gospel Road. Apparently, he did the soundtrack to an out, a movie about Jesus. Well, you know what? He loved Jesus. So, more power to you, Big J. Or as I call him, JC. Next is Johnny Cash. Here's Johnny Cash. Uh, Nine Pound Hammer, Lorena, Long Black Veil. When Papa Played the Dobro, I Still Miss Someone. Bad News, Streets of Laredo. Streets of Laredo. Johnny Cash singing Streets of Laredo. If you don't love that, I hate you. Viscerally. You're so caustic. I hate you. Gosh. <laughs> like, watch it with that, man. Like, we need to promote love. and. All right, all right. If you don't love... Humanity. If you don't love this song, I would like to sit down with you, purchase you a beer... And, you know, convince you how wrong you've been. I mean, it's if you am- don't like Johnny Cash, I don't trust you is fine. Hate is very strong. And let's- all right. All right. You know, what? I'm going to quote Ben Affleck on Ben Affleck from Goodwill Hunting. If you don't love this song, even if you don't like Johnny Cash, I, I question you to begin with. But if you don't love this particular tune, you suspect. Retainer. Ain't nobody doing a job in this town without a retainer. Nick Cameron's Boston accent, ladies and gentlemen. It was horrible, right? No, it wasn't that bad. It okay. started strong. All right, fair enough. Then we got Frankie's Man Johnny, which uh, that is a story about something that happened in St. Louis in the 1800s, which I find interesting. Wait, Next. was that an album or? It was a compilation, I believe. Okay. I, I like you to slow down a little bit. I'm slow, just trying to slow. get. I know you're getting through a lot of stuff. I just want you to slow down, show the vinyls, a little pause on it for a second, hold it up, and then read off of it. Okay. I think we're just rapid firing through these. And if they're meaningful to you, you should mention that. But if they're not, it seems like you're whipping through these like they don't matter. Fair enough. If they matter, spend a little time on them. That's my two cents. All right. Next is a record that I am excited to have. Cannot wait to listen to it. However, it won't be for nine months. Why is that? It's a Christmas album. Correct. Johnny Cash. The Christmas Spirit. What do we got on here? Blue Wow, he silent. The first side is not traditional Christmas tunes. So I don't know any of these. Uh, side two, Silent Night, Little Drummer Boy. Other songs? Who kept the sheep? I don't know any of this. Okay. I am excited. I can't wait to listen to this because that means it's Christmas. I, I will not. We have, I think, about 60 Christmas records on vinyl. Do not spin them until Christmas. That is just my wife last year complained that she didn't have the Pentatonics Christmas record on December 25th. I purchased it on my phone. It arrived around January 2nd and I put it in the box, put it in the Christmas box. Question, when does Christmas begin for your family? Is it be, is it on Thanksgiving or the day after? Day after. Okay. Thank, thank, let Thanksgiving breathe, man. That's my day. Thanksgiving is the only holiday my wife lets me have completely. So, right. Moving and, on. And again, we don't celebrate genocide. We celebrate turkey and football. No. Go ahead. Correct. I, I, I celebrate being thankful that I'm still here. Yeah, and my, my, my family. Moving on. Hymns by Johnny Cash. Oh, wow. Most of these are not uh, actual hymns. But it does have Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. And I mean, I don't know how many versions of Swing Low, Sweet Chariot is enough, but I haven't found it. I have not found that number yet. And Johnny Cash doing it? Definitely him. I I would like to hear that. I'm going to go investigate that after this. My favorite 
version currently of Swing Low, Sweet Chariot is Leonard Cohen because Leonard Cohen voice. Like, All right. Well, you know what? It sounds like literature. All you have to do is get your ass here for Metallica. I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. I know. I know. All you have to do is sell a kidney on the black market that doesn't exist. I, I don't. I don't really think anybody wants these kidneys, bro. <laughs> well, you know what? We've I mean, like, hey, you know bad. what? If I if I end up in an accident and I'm brain dead, would anybody want these organs? Look at me. <sighs> it's like uh, Zach and Miri. Would you buy food served by me? I would not eat a meal served by you. No. I mean, but but you know. Uh... You know what? I'm not going there because this is a family show, apparently. Now, it's going to go. Anyway, moving on. Now's where we get a little bit cool, right? Okay. Found some ACDC records. These were purchased in Germany by uh, Antibabs' son. The first is high voltage. Notice anything different? Completely different cover. This is a New Zealand pressing in the Mylar from the 80s. This is this is the second pressing. All of these are second pressings. And the label is Albert X. Again, this is a New Zealand only pressing. And that is all of them. All of these records have the Australia, New Zealand covers only. And before you ask, no, I have not done an A to B. Next up, TNT, New Zealand. Again, what can you say? That is, these are legitimate rock and roll classics. These are Boogie blues rock. Nothing, nothing better. Next, of course, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap. This is the one that I can do the A to B on. I have got an American pressing of it. It's definitely going to get it. And actually, I've got an idea for a chaser where we discuss pressings, specific pressings. Uh, Next is ACDC, Let There Be Rock. Don't know anything about this one. Now we're going to get into some stuff that I didn't know. How many records does Huey Lewis in the news have? At least 10. I would have guessed two. And I have now sports. So first we have picture this. Don't know any of those songs. Next we have Self-titled. I don't know any of those songs. Next we have four. Don't know any of these songs. Oh, come on. You have to. Read the titles. That's the second biggest oh, record. I, you know what? You know what? You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I said that. I jumped the gun. Jacob's Ladder stuck with you. Whole lot of loving. Doing it all for my baby. The second biggest Huey Lewis... Huey Lewis in the news tune. What is it? Hip to be squared. Hip to be squared. That's next. Yeah, correct. Side two. That I know what I like. Never walk alone. Wait a minute. Are they Liverpool fans? No. No. I'm like I mean, Roger, man. Arsenal. I don't. I don't know if you know this. That like uh, Huey Lewis spent quite a lot of time in Europe, and he was very close friends with Phil Lynott of Thin Lizzy. Look, um, I'm going to quote uh, Kevin Smith on this. What I don't know about Huey Lewis, you could just about squeeze into the Grand Canyon. Right, yeah. That uh, is that is his, that is the second biggest hit album besides sports. Oh, all right. Well, you know what? It's, uh, it's a good-looking record. So, moving on. Uh, Christmas sing-along. Wife insisted. I don't feel like we need another rando Christmas record that's not somebody we love. But I also... You know that that meme where you see Taika Waititi and it says, you know, my executive level breadwinning wife, me showing her my Lego collection. That happened to me last week when I was explaining to her about how I bought this specific pressing of a record. And she looked at me and she goes, Nick, I'm happy for you. But all right, I'm going to go back to my phone. You have a great night. 
So moving on. Brandy Carlisle. Heaven on Earth. I don't know this at all. Um, My wife's Belin- a- Belinda Carlisle, not Brandy Carlisle. That's- God damn Brandi it, anyway. I know, I can't Belette keep them straight. Has a career. Well, I mean, like, wow, that's a. Belinda Carlisle is the lead singer of the Go Go's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I and, assume they're both the lead singer of and, the Go Go's. And that is her big hit single of her solo career, right? That's that's her big song. Okay. The, uh, yeah, when 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 Brandy Carlisle was on SNL, I'm like, all right, the lady from the Go Go's. Wife's like, no, no. Okay, well, I can't keep it straight. Moving the, on, the new podcast host is going to be Nick's wife starting next week. You're fired. She's way busy. She's way busy. Uh, podcast. She's busy paying for my lifestyle. Uh, Joan Baez, early the best of Joan Baez, America's most exciting folk singer. Uh, that, is, that is that is a hell of a marketing tag, by the way. <laughs> but I love Joan Baez. I unashamedly love Joan Baez. Loved her doing Mother with not Mother. I'm sorry. Goodbye, Blue Scott. Nope. Never mind. I'm gonna shut up because I got all this wrong. It's good. <laughs> wow. No, just like good that you if you got it wrong, good. All right, all right. moving on. Sorry. My favorite music video from 1983 featuring ninjas. Bonnie Tyler. We need a hero. That's not on this record, but Total Eclipse of the Heart is. Watched that video again the other day, and I'm like, wow, those ninjas are dressed stupid. Who is the other singer on that song? No idea. Meatloaf. Who is On Total Eclipse of the Heart? She is Meatloaf's protege. I don't know if you Jim Steinman and Meatloaf's protege. I don't know if you know that. Fun fact. Uh, Produced by Jim Steinman. Booyah! All right. Now, here comes a record that would be great for the Department of Metal Antiquities if we did Australian 80s pop stars. In excess? Rick Springfield. I never really consider him... I always consider him American because he lives here, but I guess you're right. Is he not Australian? I don't know. It's called Tau. It's Rick Springfield, and it's called Tau. None of that makes sense. Moving on. All right. Country and Western's original bad boy. Probably going to get canceled for even having this in the podcast. David Allen Coe. Also, this is a promo copy. I don't you know, know, I've never actually heard David Allen Coe. I don't think anybody can appreciate that you pointed to where the promo sticker is, but I like that you're sharing them. Um, David Allen Coe is best known for Take This Job and Shove It. That's him? And, yeah, that's him. It's his song. And he uh, huh. made an album with Vinnie Paul, Dimebag Daryl, and Rex Brown. And so the David Allen Coe and the Cowboys from Hell album is actually quite good. And he still plays a Dimebag Razorback guitar to this day when he plays live. Oh, right. They were good friends. Uh, also, I mean, he was know, a polygamist for a time. Yeah, he um, he's kind of like the like the weird Dr. Demento of country. Is that accurate or no? I don't know. I've never actually heard him. I read some interviews with him. I saw that and I thought, you know what? I'm taking that home. I'm just, I'm just, you know what? If I hate it, I hate it. But uh, next, we're going to move on to packages UPS can't deliver. Tom Jones. Also, another promo. This is listed as demonstration, same as David Allen Co. Demonstration not for sale. It says the theme from the Pink Panther, so I mean, it's got that going for it. That's I, I understood that reference about UPS, by the way. Go ahead. What's from I Love the 70s about David Allen Co. Uh, Greg Proofs, I believe his name is, is the one that said it. Tom Jones, not David Allen Co. Yeah, Tom Jones. And moving on. Okay. One of my favorite comedians, Tim Wilson, said, when she leaves you and you're awful, what's the CD that's going in the CD player? Merle ass Haggard. He'll sit there and he'll smoke the joint with you. You know how she was, Merle? Merle Haggard. 
Uh, I don't know any Merle Haggard song, so I don't know how significant this record is. What's the title, though? Can you say the title? Uh, Keep Moving On. All right, thanks. My, uh, my, my, Andy Babs's husband was big on the countries. Uh, next is more Merle Haggard, 11 winners. I don't know if this is a, I don't know. Is this a compilation? Is this a studio record? No idea. Uh, here's something interesting. Now, if you have been worried about the race swaps, the gender swaps and all that business, and you think it's a brand new thing, well, you know what? Go ahead and eat a bucket of them. Here's Nat King Cole doing My Fair Lady. Dude. Dude. It's got keep me, get me to the church on time. I, I, I'm excited to hear this. Love My Fair Lady. It is the first non-Monty Python... I'm sorry? I was going to say Nat King Cole. I would pay to hear him sing the phone book. It doesn't matter what he sings. Well, uh, My Fair Lady was the first non-Monty Python musical I've ever seen. My my musical career started with with Spam a lot. I admit it. So, uh, moving on. Speaking of racial equality... Breakfast at Tiffany soundtrack. Uh, do not Google it. Do not look at it. Do not Google Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh my God. Uh, Elvis, Golden Hits. Oh, this is a two record set. Oh, we got that going for it. A big hunk of love. I wonder if that was written in 1974. Okay, moving on. Uh, famous gentlemen who married their cousins. Jerry Lee Lewis. I don't know what I don't know if this is a compilation or what, but it's got Long Tall Sally, Johnny Be Good, Herman the Hermit, and other songs. If this episode doesn't get us canceled, nothing will. I said cousin, not... You know. His 13-year-old cousin. Anyway, go ahead. Whoa! I wasn't gonna say it! Well, I gotta put it out there. Continue. Not drag me into that conversation. Reeling with the feeling. Don't stop. Continue. Jesus Christ. Uh, moving on. Ario Speedwagon 2. One of the things about living in the Midwest that I think a lot of the coastal elites don't understand is how ignored we are by the major artists. One of my major complaints over the past few years is when it comes to, especially metal bands, because you can't, you know, we don't, tour, metal bands don't tour 200 dates a year like they used to. So, you know, St. Louis, Chicago, Kansas City are only going to get two. No metal band does all three. So you hope to God we get hit. REO Speedwagon is one of those bands that never missed us, never and never stopped missing us. Unfortunately, their music is not great. However, wife's a fan. So REO Speedwagon, two. Rather than listen to Ario Speedwagon, what I like to do is check out the Will Ferrell Chris Kattan sketch where they they act as Ario Speedwagon. That's more. No, no, that was Blue Oyster Cult. Mm, no, you're thinking of the Walkin. Still Ferrell, but Walkin, and Kattan is in there too, but it's a different sketch. Same there was here. another one. Yeah, there's a, there's a sketch where they um they start doing All Out of Love with different lyrics, and then they make out. It's awesome. Fair enough. Let us uh, close out the pile. Okay, I'm going to let you guess. And if you can guess it correctly, the artist or the song, I will tell you this. The song has been in a Kevin Smith movie, not King Diamond. So if you can get this right, you can pick the next series. I'm not gonna pick. I'm not picking the next series. I picked the last two. You're gonna pick the next series. Uh, I picked. I pick, No, 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 no. Is it? I picked Exodus. I mean, you. I, I mean, yeah. But I picked I mean, it for it, you. Yeah, 
Um, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna lead the next series, so you ought to pick it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say, is it Pixies with Hay? No, what? No. Is it Blondie with Dreams? No. You are way off the mark. It is Andy Williams. Oh. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Wasn't it B.J. Thomas though? He probably wrote it or made yeah, it popular. Might, yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think Andy Thomas wrote it. But... You know, and that is one of the things that we're gonna let, let's kind of circle back to. The, in this day and age, it's not like it used to be. You know, Paul Stanley in 1987, 1988 writes the terrible song, truly awful track, Hide Your Heart. And Ace Fraley does it, Kiss does it, and like four or five, Molly Hatchet does it, some lady does it. I mean, a bunch of people do it. And that was how it used to be back in the day. I have on record somewhere, or maybe I don't anymore, but I did. Chris Christopherson singing Folsom Prison Blues. I have like eight people singing that track. That's why it was so important. You know, when I saw the monkeys as such, just Mickey and, and Mike, you know, Mickey Dolan told a story on stage about how it's important to write songs and how Mike Nesmith was the one that taught him that. He's like, why should I write it? Why don't I just sing it? Because Nez says that's where the money is. If you get a hit, it's not just about getting paid on what you sell, but it's also like I watched a, a video while I was waiting for, for before we started of I swear to God, Cher and Donny Osmond and a troop of very attractive gentlemen singing It's Superstitious by Stevie Wonder. So me watching that get Stevie Wonder paid now. And this is like 27-year-old share. That's where the money is. So, and then you have record labels, like in that thing you do, where they, they hire their dudes and they're like, okay, great, awesome. Here's your contract. Uh, who's the songwriter? Hi, Jimmy. You get uh, track one and track 10. And the rest, here's what you're doing. So when we talked about Johnny Cash not being the greatest songwriter in the world, if you look at his records, 75, 50 to 75% of every studio album he did before American Recordings was written by someone else. So if you go through all of these 60s and 70s records, not only do you have that, but then you have all of the stuff like Claire Torrey. Oh, crap. Crap. Pink Floyd time. So I watched a, uh, I was watching a documentary and Claire Torrey was talking about how uh, Alan Parsons had heard her on one of those hits of records, which they used to do in the 70s, where you would hire bands to re record all these hits. But it didn't say in big letters that it, they, it wasn't the band playing them. So you'd buy them at the truck stop or whatever. It was not, un it was, it, it, it was normal business for record labels to just really wring every last red cent out of every song. And that's why we have Andy Williams doing these. Yeah, I don't want to defend, you know, I'm not trying to countermand your uh, assertion, but I will say that, like, it's not to disparage Johnny Cash. I think that, you know, people recognize his talent and his charisma and a lot of people, I mean, you know, how many songs did Elvis actually write? Almost none. So, like, somebody he wrote writing, one. Somebody is writing the songs for everybody else, and that's that's just how it goes. And yes, I'm she, not, I, I'm not trying to disparage Johnny Cash by any stretch. And and you you came perilously close to insulting. Uh, I, I think you're banned from talking about Great Gig in the Sky ever again uh, after the last episode. I don't want to hear you disparage that song in my presence. I I did. I'm actually growing a greater uh, appreciation of it these days. Yeah, you're, cut, you're cut off. If you didn't love it this whole time, you can't have it now. I'm sorry. You're oh, banned. Okay. Well, that, um, that's, I, I from can now on, whenever you listen to the song, you have to skip it. You can't enjoy it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm taking this away <laughs> from you. I'm making an executive decision for your life for the better. I was today, I was just talking about how Claire Tory ended up there. Why specifically that woman? Because you hate that song. What? No. 
so she ended up there to do the song that I ended up hating 30 years later. Well, that doesn't, that checks out. Mm. We did it again. Both taking a drink. So that is the pile I came home with. So on a scale of one to 10, including Delicate Sound of Thunder, which was also part of the pile, and the second and a 15th Johnny Cash uh, compilation record that I gave to a co-worker, scale of one to 10, rate my pile. Well, well, the Floyd elevates the score for sure. Um, and not just Floyd, but that one. I mean, that's, that's just an odd one to have. That's an odd one of it, of that collection. So that's 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 like a maybe not a because it's a live album and I always knock live albums down a notch, but like it's at least an eight or a nine. That I know you love your live albums, but they're just it's not the same as the original material that was. No, it's not. That's live. why they're live. That's it's it's supposed to be different. Um. I don't, I don't weight it as much as a brand new album. I understand. I understand. Um, there's some good stuff in there. I love, I'd love to hear the ACDCs. Uh, those are very intrigued. Um, I haven't listened. To, I haven't listened to any of these yet because they're not clean. Just, I mean, how did how did this person come across some of these rare records? And obviously, a lot of stuff is probably like the flea market, the antique mall, the record store give bin. But the like ACDC this... records were acquired in Germany. Okay, wow. Yeah. While her son was uh on on uh foreign exchange student, they are actually significantly valuable. That's cool. Which surprised me. Yeah. Tom Jones, I would like to hear because just I'd hear Tom Jones sing the phone book, even if the songs aren't good. Mm-hmm. Um and there might be a couple of other interesting ones in there. Maybe, maybe you might get lucky with one of those Johnny Cashes that you don't. We don't know if it's good or. Well, not. I got one piece at a time on vinyl, which is, you know, one of the things Johnny Cash never really gets lauded for is his sense of humor. And, and I, I think he was a pretty funny dude. Okay, I will also add that any of those '80s records, so Spandau Ballet and Huey Lewis. I bet if anything, even if the songs are not there most memorable i bet the albums are like tracked and recorded and mixed beautifully because the 80s is like the era where the the playing field was leveled and every album sounded really baller for a long time i I will completely agree with that i bought my wife for christmas a number of years ago hysteria Death yeah, Leopard hysteria. I, I'm when, and I'm not talking about metal specifically or black yeah, metal. Yeah, oh no, I, don't I know. I mean thrash metal. I mean like pop records of that time, they were all pristine. Yeah, it's it's a and I am on the lookout now for an original pressing of that record or or at least an OG. And after hearing the difference between Delicate Sound of Thunder and Delicate Side of Thunder 2020, it, it's not even close. I mean, I will probably almost, I'm almost ready to sell the 2019 version of it. it the difference is that stark. Get at me when you're ready to sell that that album. But anyway. Okay, it's it's like a hundred bucks now. So oh, then maybe not. Get it? <laughs> Don't get at me soon, unless you want that hundred bucks. Anyway, for never mind. Continue. Uh, the hysteria is flawless. Let's just be put it out there. Disagree, but you know, Steve and Steve Clark. You can't go. You really. They really went downhill after he died. They really did. Oh, completely. the The next record they did after this was oh, God. What was it? Um. Adrenalize? No, there was one before it, wasn't there? I don't remember. Uh, Pyro- no, Pyromania, Hysteria, Adrenalize. You're right, Adrenalize. Adrenalize was next, and Adrenalize was absolute phone book bullshit. Bullshniggy. Yeah, pretty bad. Bullsazzy. Uh, anywho, I've got nothing else to say this week, and I'm ready to cook dinner. So Take us home. I will take us home, if you will. Thank you very much for listening to the Glacier Musical Podcast. Double thank you for watching the Galatian Musical Podcast. Fist bumps if you did both, Danny. The One of the things we try to do here is we try to bring you greater insight to the medium of music we listen to, greater insight to the artists we listen to. 
and just be able to shift into fifth gear in order to really love music. And if you have made it this far, you clearly love music. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So please stick with us. Check us out next week. Episodes weekly drop on Thursday or Friday-ish on all the all the podcasting logos along with YouTube. So I will say this. Thank you very much for joining us here this week. Catch us next week. This is the Glacier Musical Podcast. It doesn't play in Peoria. <laughs>